Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Inside the Mind of Miles. We all know this is the greatest podcast in the history of mankind ever in the world, in the United States. And the reason it is today is because I have two dynamic coaches from the Ivy League. Mike Martin, up there to my that way, and Steve Donahue, or if you're from Delco, Donahoe. What do we, I mean, what, you know, I mean, that's close we'll enough. That. We'll get to that. Steve Donahue from the University of Pennsylvania. Guys, really, I'm, I'm just humbled you guys are on the show. It's really cool to have you here. Thank you for being on. Hey, Miles, I've been listening. Uh, this is the greatest podcast. I tweeted it that. I listen to it every morning because uh, it seems like you do one every other day. <laughs> well, you know, I'm calling in a lot of favors, Steve. That's what we're doing here. All right, Coacher? <laughs> Mikey, um, first of all, let's just get to it. Um, the Ivy League shut down last year before anybody and shut down this year uh, before anybody. So you guys are basically getting paid not to work, just like me. <laughs> Tim, great to be on. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us. And, uh, yeah, we got a lot of free time on our hands. As, uh, as you know, it was tough to book this podcast looking at my calendar. <laughs> yeah, you guys did <laughs> give me, out. like, every evening is open and most afternoons. So, uh, <laughs> with that being said, I, and, and, again, let's just – I don't know, and most of America doesn't know, what are the rules? What can you do or can't you do uh, with your teams? Mike, what, what, what are you guys doing? Yeah, so uh, basically our whole team is home right now, Tim. They went home at the end of the first semester. They're taking their exams remotely right now. Uh, we'll have an extended winter break, um, and we'll bring them back in mid-January. We're hopeful we'll get some kind of training in for the spring semester and prepare for next year. But, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of uh, just, you know, checking in with the guys on uh, FaceTime, on phone calls, and, and some team meetings on Zoom. But uh, they're all scattered about right now, and I think Steve's in the same boat. Steve? Yeah, we are very similar. And that's a, that's a hard part, just not being connected to the guys. And it's obviously a difficult week for the kids and us just to watch so much basketball and yeah. not be a part of it. Um, it's, it's, it's excruciating for kids. I mean, this is their four-year window. And a year and then some is now taken away. So I well, feel awful for them. And, and, you know, a lot of people are getting the free year but that doesn't change the Ivy League rules, correct? How much time do we have? To go <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get anybody in trouble here, so uh, let's just uh... – And Mike's the Ivy League grad. I just coached in it for 25 years. Well, I was going to get to that. How it, dumb are uh, you if you're an Ivy League grad and, grad and you decide to coach? Yeah. No Mike? Kidding. Yeah, yeah. All of Mike's best friends are on Wall Street, and here's Mike. <laughs> Most of them, yeah, or some are some are doctors, some are lawyers, but yeah, okay. here I am coaching basketball. But, yeah, uh, I, no, I was just listen. I was just talking talking about the um, you know the difficulties, the complexities that these guys are all getting a year back, right? And they're all going to be able to play somewhere. There's just so many. You can't be a grad student and play in the Ivy League. So, uh, so when you say somewhere, you mean I'm a I'm a senior right now, and and everybody gets their year back. I can't come back to Brown. I'm gonna graduate. Well, and move yeah, on. It, it depends. Now it depends on your campus uh, kind of policies about can you do more than eight semesters. And at Brown, we can't. So, yeah, Tim, my guys, they're, uh, they're going to play and they're going to graduate from Brown and they're going to get their Ivy degree. And big picture, it's, it's great. But uh, they're not playing at Brown. They'll play somewhere else next year. Can they play at Harvard or Penn or Princeton <laughs> or Yale? 
No, because once you graduate, you can't play a varsity okay. sport. Are we? Okay, good. Good. I think well, there's, there is some wiggle room that all the teams are trying to do. You get to ask kids to take a leave of absence. Oh. Essentially, get them an internship, do something that's going to better their career, uh, not just sports-oriented, and then uh, we can figure out how to save their eligibility and play the full four seasons at at Penn. Um, so some teams have done that in our league already. I had my daughter take a leave of absence. She's working at nothing but cakes, and I've gained yeah. 10 pounds. So <laughs> Those things are awesome, though. Oh, they're good now. They're good. Yeah. Steve, what dog it. do you have over there on your right or left shoulder? What, what's your, do you have a dog? It's, just, it's not a real dog. You don't I have, have a dog? dog. I, That's my I, uh, listen, pull-up. I have a dog. I was just telling you. I have a dog. That, there it is. That won't leave. I got a yellow home. lab puppy. We got it during the pandemic, so it's been keeping me busy. And Mike, do you have a dog? No, I have three daughters, and uh, my wife Kristen and I—we've got our hands full with the three with the three girls right now, Timmy. Smart move. Look at that one right there, Timmy. That's uh-huh. Sammy. Sammy. That? That's Sammy. Sammy. She's a yellow lab. She's got her own uh, Twitter account, what? Steve. She's big deal. She's big <laughs> I gotta deal. look it up. Oh no, Sammy the dog. We have Fenway. He's a oh. six-month-old yellow lab puppy. Steve, where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, outside of Philadelphia. To Wait, a place called Delco County. Delco. 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 And you have a dog named Fenway. Yeah, but I whoa, lived in whoa, Boston. Whoa. Did they yeah. kick you out I of get Delco? On this one. I got I got overruled on this one. This is my kids fell in love with the. Boston sports for the five years we were up there. And, so. of course, um, so you were, you were an athlete in high school, athlete in college, and you went to a Div- Division three college. Your sinus. Her sinus. Her sinus. Okay. Hey, hey, I went to Mary College, and people always say, like, St. Mary's. I'm like, no, we're like the virgin. Just Mary. <laughs> Don't mess with her. Before okay? she became a saint. Yeah, we, are, we know exactly <laughs> what lane we're in. So you were a basketball player, baseball player? I was, Tim. Yeah. Uh, you did some good things. Went to the Final Four, Division Ooh. Three, our freshman year, and Elite Eight, sophomore year, and then um, it fell apart after that. But that, it was, that means it was, sounds like your playing time increased as the years went on? A little bit. You're exactly right. <laughs> I, I didn't have much. I had a lot to do with those last two seasons. <laughs> and a baseball player. You're a baseball player. Yeah. Played baseball all four years, pitched, you know, threw up some junk out there, mixed in Thumber. not much of a heater. Thummer, just yeah. breaking balls. Yeah, 12 to 6, hope they miss. <laughs> nice, 12 to 6, hope they miss. Mike, you were one of the more successful players at Brown University before you became the head coach. Now, you have a fascinating track. You have a coaching family pedigree with – dad, uncles, all of that fun stuff. Growing up in a sporting family like that, what was it like? And then deciding to go to Brown. Yeah, Tim, it was awesome. So my father was a high school basketball coach for 20 years. And I, uh, when I, you know, before I was born, he was winning state championships with Commerce High School in Springfield, Massachusetts. He spent, sent some uh, guy by the name of Mark Hall to Minnesota who played with uh, Kevin McHale and Trent Tucker oh. at Minnesota. And uh, he sent uh, – guy by the name of Nate Blunt down to Temple in Philly. So he, he I, I was, I, I was always upset because I missed those years. That was before I was born. But then uh, 
I, you know, I, w- I grew up going to all his practices, all his games, and it uh, had such an impact on me. And, uh, yeah, it took me to uh, Brown. And like you said, instead of going the, the Wall Street route and going finance, I, uh, I started uh, coaching hoops. We'll get to the brains of the thing later, but let, let's just say this. How old were you when you started going to your dad's practices? As, as, as young as I can remember, yeah. three, four, four years old. And there's pictures of me just, you know, rolling around uh, on the ball, uh, on the court, uh, trying to rebound for the guys, sitting at the end of the bench. And uh, I have great memories watching my father coach his, uh, his high school teams. And uh, so my son Gabriel and my daughter Ava used to come to the practices and it was, you know, they were probably six and eight or six and nine. And why do you yell at Greg? Doesn't do any good. Doesn't do any good. Like, just give me a lecture when I, in the car on the way home. You guys are both from large Irish Catholic families. True? True. Very true. Steve, how many kids in your family? In the one of seven. Family? Yeah, one of seven. Um, mom, dad, all uh, from Philadelphia. And, um. My dad was a banker, not a coach. I did you more. Became uh, a coach. I did more uh, sitting at the bar with him uh, than I did on the <laughs> basketball court, like Mike. Uh, for those years, um, but he's a great sports fan for sure. And Mike, yeah, and I, I just I have two older sisters, uh, Sheila and Maura. But my my mother's actually one of fifteen children, and then my father's the oldest of seven. So uh, huge extended family, and uh, you know, your grandma's a great. saint. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Tim. So my, my dad's one of seven. I'm one of five. And um, my grandmother lived to be 101, Bertha Miles, right? Wow. My mom is Alice, was Alice. My grandma was Bertha. You'd think I could play golf, but uh, <laughs> I can't. Um, uh, but uh, my grandmother had 36 grandchildren, 18 grandsons, 18 granddaughters. Wow. And I was one of the younger ones. But she, she, she lived next door to us when I was growing up. And she'd say, she'd come in and she'd say, Timmy, you're my favorite ground, brown-eyed grandson. And I'd just <laughs> float out, right? Tim, you know, you know six months, Timmy, you're my favorite brown. And I was like, I'm so good. Like all these. So finally, after about six years of this shit, my, uh, my brother says, hey, you know, dummy, you're the only brown-eyed grandson. <laughs> out of 18. What? That's what? crazy. That yeah. Crazy. Yeah, for an Irishman, for crying out. So, um, uh, you know, we all grew up the same way. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, we, we decided to get into coaching, right? So, Mike, let's just start with you. You, you, you go play for a year in some obscure country that, I mean – it's not an obscure country. It may be an obscure league, but uh, <laughs> okay, obscure, yeah, no, I, okay. Some the third division in, in Switzerland. I was in Ireland. In Ireland, okay. Yeah. So, so you didn't get paid very much. I but, paid them. <laughs> well, okay. As long as they get you there and back, it's a good trip. So, so wait. So you come home. You're you're with Glenn Miller, and you end up Brown Penn. And within eight years of graduating from Brown, you're the head coach at Brown. I have one question. Were your student loans paid off? <laughs> no, no, uh, they weren't. Uh, they are now, though. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. You Is know, that a forgiveness thing? Like, if you come back and coach, we'll just forgive the debt? No, no forgiveness. <laughs> okay, there okay. Be. There should be. There should be. Yeah, but well, – uh, Work that in. 
but I, so, so I've known coach, I've known Steve, uh, for, for 20 plus years. Cause he was the head coach at Cornell when I was playing at Brown. And, uh, as you mentioned, I played for coach Miller, who's, you know, mentor and, and such a huge influence on, on my career. Um, went over and played in Ireland and while they didn't pay me, they, they had Guinness for us. So it, it worked <laughs> out well. And then, uh, yeah, I came back. I was a volunteer assistant coach in our league. There's two full-time assistants. So the third assistant is volunteer. I was young and I was uh, very fortunate. My uh, coach Miller gave me an opportunity as a 22 year old coach. And even though I wasn't paid, I was on the floor and I was on the road recruiting at the division yeah. level. It was an incredible, uh, you know, gesture by him. I'm so, uh, I, I'm, you know, he, I, he's done so much for me, including that. And then, uh, yeah, we had an interesting experience about uh, at Penn. Um, and uh, I, I learned so much down there. What a great place it is. And then, uh, uh, fortunate to come back here, as you mentioned. And, and and Steve, what kind of player was was Mike at Brown? Solid. Mike was, you know, I love to say he was lousy and all that, but he he was. You're not surprised that he's the head coach because he played like a coach. He was very, uh, very cerebral. They had a really good Brown teams. Um, I remember one time he, Mike hits a buzzer beater. Uh, to tie a game, like a desperation against Penn. And, and I just remember his reaction wasn't of a typical kid making a buzzer beater. It was like, yo, calm down. We got, we got overtime now. Like it was way beyond his year. So uh, I was thinking, I, I've been in this league since you were about eight years old, Mike. <laughs> 1990, how old were you? I was eight. I was born hey, there you go. Old. I've been coaching this since he, since he was eight, 30-some 30, 30 years ago. But Steve, we've seen you on TV. We've seen you on the internet, and you <laughs> splash jumpers. And you beat everybody. You're more fit. Like uh, the age is just a number, dude. You are. You're. You're a kid. I, 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 I'm allowed to to get older. I just can't get old. Right? <laughs> you can't go there. Steve and and both you guys have done this. Quite frankly, took difficult jobs. And Brown's a difficult job. I mean, if you look at the historic tradition of Brown and Cornell um, and you guys have flipped those things on their head a little bit or a lot of it in my book and it took some time to build Cornell Steve and then when you did I mean three straight league championships three straight NCAA tournaments a sweet 16 tournament uh, or a sweet 16 appearance I'm sorry in the NCAA tournament uh, had to be gratifying had to be you know a certain time in your life it was really great. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, just the 10 years there, um, you have to realize it wasn't an overnight success. I, I was not a very good coach for numerous years during that stretch. I was just fortunate. I always say this, and I don't mean this now, but back then I felt the best thing about Cornell was um, they didn't care about basketball. It was the worst oh. thing about Cornell as well. But at the time for me, they allowed me to just grow as a coach. And a guy named Andy Noel, every year after losing year, come to me and say, you're doing a great job and add another year to my contract. He was your athletic director. Yeah, still there now. And he, was, he believed in what we were doing, even though the results were not there. And it took five, six years of figuring things out and getting better. And then, like every place, we got the right people. We got them in there and we – Figured it out, and we did a good job from that point. So I've got three names written now, Jeff Foote, Ryan Whitman, and Lewis Dale. 
Yep. Uh, you enjoyed coaching those three guys, didn't you? Yeah, yeah Tim, they're, they're literally the three best players in the history of the program. And all three of them have interesting stories. Ryan Whitman, son of uh, Randy. His, his dad, Randy, uh, really didn't get recruited. Had a bad leg injury his senior year. And Eden Prairie it, High School was he at? Eden, was Randy Eden Prairie Whitman High School, Baltimore? Minnesota. And that's where we end up going, mostly Midwest for our kids. Uh, Cornell's more of a Big Ten type of campus. Uh, but Ryan came and, you know, he's ended up being the fifth all-time leading scorer in the history of the league, 2,000-point score. Incredible. Uh, Lewis Dale sent his tape to us senior year in the spring. <laughs> How about and, that? Um, came on his official visit with braces and a $450 check for his deposit. We didn't really beat anybody out. He was a player of the year in the league 18 months later. And then Jeff Foote was uh, – mom was an ICU nurse. We had a kid suffer, a kid named Khalid Gant, a severe neck injury. And I spent a week with her. And she says, hey, my son's kind of plays basketball. How about that? He happens to be 7-1 and ends up being a defensive player of the year and an NBA player. So – And the kid in ICU got better. kind of lucky – Say that again. And the kid in ICU got better, right? She was a good nurse. He did get better, but it was a crazy story. Never played basketball again. It was a oh. – we can do a podcast on that alone because Khalid Gant is a remarkable young man. And I was texting with him about a month ago, actually. He lives in Paris. And he's survived it, but he's never really played basketball sure. again. But but you but, but, but you ended up with an NBA player. How about it? And that's if we never get that kid, I don't know. Like, that's the thing that you do. You do all this hard work as coaches, and you try to do everything right. You got to get lucky. And maybe luck comes with, you know, doing everything you can to make luck happen. I was at a place, uh, southwest Minnesota State, and one night I'm there late. It's my first year, and one of the custodians comes in. And, you know, and, you know, he's taking out your trash, he's vacuuming, and I'm, I'm just piddling around writing some notes to recruits. And he says, um, you know, Tim, my, my nephew's quite a player, right? <laughs> and, you know, how many – and honestly, as a coach, you hear my nephew's quite a player. Every you know, day. Plenty, okay, yeah. So I'm like, um, well, tell you what, you know, by this time, I'm like, I tell you what you do. You give me tape, you give me his mailing address, right? Um, any info, information about him, and, and I'll, I'll reach out and do it. And Oh, by the way, guys, Harry Rosenberg is calling me right now. Harry Rosenberg. He <laughs> doesn't know our schedule? What is he? Why is Harry on, Rosenberg Harry. bothering us? <laughs> He's a Penn grad. Is he, I mean, he is. Is he, is he a, a volunteer assistant coach for you, Steve, Harry Rosenberg? He should be. He, yeah. he gives me enough advice. At least he <laughs> thinks he does. Well, oh, Terry Rosenberg lives in Beverly Hills. He's a former Bear Stearns guy. Now he's a volunteer assistant coach for Penn living in Beverly Hills. So, so, <laughs> so, so the, the guy says, um, yeah, uh, take a look. So he gets the film. The kid is just raining threes. Number one three-point shooter in Indiana. Wow. Uh, had lived in Marshall. Came all-time lady or all-time three-point shooter we had in four years. And Fran, our um, – our, our jander gave him to me. And it was, well, honestly, there's a lesson there that, I mean, you're willing to listen. Seriously. Well, yeah. You're, you're don't little, dismiss some guys are. Yeah, don't yeah. dismiss any, any way, shape, or form. So, so Mike, you've had a – I mean, you were – you had – how about this? The most successful player in your four-year run, right? 
but yet you're having more success as a coach. First 20 win season ever for oh. Brown two years ago or a year ago? Uh, yeah, 2018, 2019. But so first, so the, the thing about Steve, and, and I always I love to tell this story because, you know, he obviously like you work really hard and you make your luck and you also are a good person. My last college game was at Cornell, uh, Tim, and we, 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 we played uh, Cornell and it was a close game and they had beat us at our place and we beat them at their place. And I remember talking to Steve after the game, after we beat him, and here I am, this young, you know, idiot, 21-year-old co- college guy. And I go to talk to the head coach of the team we just beat and uh, he, 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 he helped me find an opportunity in Europe. Like he connected me, connected me with people to pursue my, you know, Dream. uh, crazy dreams to play professional basketball in Europe. But you think about working hard, making your luck, but also being a good person, and it, and it comes back to you. And and obviously those teams, those teams he had at Cornell. I was an assistant at Penn. I mean, they were they were they were so good, and you know, Sweet Sixteen. But you know, trying to guard them and trying to, uh, you know, they I think they shot like 43, 44% from three as a team for the year, Steve. Is that right? Yeah, led the nation. I mean, yeah. amazing, Tim. Uh, really. 46 in the league. Not that I – not that 46 I, I, in the league. <laughs> we didn't shoot 46 from the foul line, which is why I'm a professional <laughs> podcaster now. But yeah, Good shooters uh, make you look like a good coach. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, but, Steve, uh, do you mind, um, you know – we, we have a group that we love, our Motley crew, a bunch of coaches from everywhere, uh, and we've discussed it before, and Porter Moser was on it earlier on our podcast, and, and I hope our numbers are much better than Porter's, but uh, we'll just see how that goes. But, um, uh, you know, you know as, you, as you look at, at, at doing this, Steve, you ever think about talking about offense for us a little bit, maybe giving us some insight to – you know why you guys, you guys are so good it seems like everybody wants to volunteer information out of the 20 coaches involved but yet we don't hear much offense from steve uh fran o'hanlon always says there's no secrets in basketball i'll give you everything you guys oh, okay sure most of my chops mike, over there yeah mike what do you think of that i'm still waiting uh, <laughs> i emptied our playbook on those zoom calls <laughs> i took all the notes too and i said thanks i know yeah, folks, and you have to understand, two competing coaches, honestly, sharing openly over and over is pretty fun to watch, and um, uh, it, it was good stuff. Now, Mike, you you are different. Steve is an offensive-minded guy, uh, without question, and 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 everybody is it wants an even blend. But you seem to have um, really done a, a an outstanding job in the Ivy League defensively. Um, not that your offense isn't up to, but but really, the way you you know when I've watched your teams, and it was funny. My my son, who's now a sophomore in high school, uh, Steve, uh, Steve's got a son and and some older children, and you've got three little girls. But we we're watching. Uh, I think it was uh, the semifinals of the Ivy, and my son was like, "Hey, this is what league is this? These are guys are really good." I'm like, "Well, this is the Ivy League," and he's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, the Ivy is." Really good. And you guys have all, and without question, and Steve, you can speak to it, but I think the Ivy League has accelerated and ramped it up. James Jones at Yale, uh, Tommy at Armour at Harvard. uh, And, um, um, I mean, the league is really good. But, but Mike, have you you thought we have to be different than everybody else? How we're going to make our imprint on all this? Tell me about you taking the job. And, and figuring out how to be successful, and you have been in the in the Ivy League. 
Well, uh, thank you. We, we've we've had a couple good years, and I feel really good about um, you know kind of the direction and the momentum. But uh, it, it took some trial and error, Tim. And, and similar to what Steve said at, at Cornell in his early years, um, you know, I, I tried a lot of things and failed. And you know, we had some seasons where you know we certainly wish we we would have been a little bit better. But I think we've I think we've figured, um, you know, we certainly haven't figured it out, but I think we have an idea of the type of player that's going to be best for us. And for me as a coach too, like the guy who's going to respond best to the type of coach I am and the guy that's going to uh, respond best to the, the environment here at Brown. And we've gotten a bunch of really uh, tough, competitive, uh, versatile defenders, and we've really become a good defensive team. And, you know, I think we're different in how we guard a lot of different things, uh, you know, ball, on the ball, off the ball. Uh, how we guard the post, uh, but it's because we've recruited guys who um, have really bought into the identity of being a great defensive team. And, you know, it, it was really just the last two years, but uh, we feel like we've we've kind of created a little bit of an identity with being a, a very good defensive team. We think that's our best chance to compete with guys like, you know, at Penn and Harvard and, and Yale and throughout our league. I mean, our, our league, as you said, it's, it's, it's very good. Yeah. I Do think that's a – Tim, I think that's a, a really good lesson. Like Mike's a really good offensive coach. I, I'm telling you, they they run great stuff. But we're all based on uh, what we can do on where we're at and what's best for those kids and who can you attract. Unless you're at Duke, North Carolina, uh, you know, all the majors. Other than that, you got to figure out what's best for your place and do it. And Mike's doing that. Mike's figuring out a way that he can attract the best player to allow him to compete at the top of our league. And I think that's – you can't just always do what you want or what even what you're good at. you got to figure out what's best for your program. No doubt. Mike, do you ever say to an opponent, um, never lose to a food, never lose to a color? <laughs> just asking. I'm just saying. I just say, I just asked. All right, oh, you, you guys really – Cornell was the big red, all right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, like, you got rice. You got you got plenty of foods and colors out there, man. So, <laughs> Not like, there's certain That's rules. Crimson, red, green, green, red. Crimson. Big green, big red. Yep. Yeah, just, you know, Stanford is a color, right? I mean, or the Cardinals a color. Stanford's a Card guy. Yeah, Cardinals a color. Yeah. Stanford's a guy that couldn't get into brown. I think so. I think that's yeah. right. Like I that. believe it's the Cardinal, is it not? Yes, it's the Cardinal. It's and that's the color. Why so they have a tree? I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's the West Coast part, but you got to have a little. You got to have a little love out there. You're not far from Berkeley. So, uh, uh, Steve, you know, going to help you out here with scheduling. Please. You win eight straight. You win eight straight by games. Eight straight teams. <laughs> you're not supposed to let that out. Eight straight teams pay you to come play them. Now, now you're killing me. Eight. Well, no, the odds are you're not going to win any. Like, the odds are it's going to go the other way. So anybody with any brains would schedule you right away. <laughs> so of those, eight, of those eight, see, I didn't go to Brown or Penn or Cornell or Eurasis, but uh, <laughs> Earth Sinus, and um, you know where you went. And, um, and, and I'm saying – that odds are you're not winning like the next one. Like now, yeah, right. Time. Somebody should jump on it. I agree. So I, I agree. agree. So so my point is, is there one more fun than the other? I you know, uh, honestly, that, that this time of year, and we've had our league has had great success against high majors, and 
It's why the league has risen so much. I do feel um, we're slightly different than typical teams that they bring in. That's That helps, and we're good. We've got talented kids. And we caught guys on their first year, their first game, yeah. after – break like there's a there's an algorithm we use <laughs> that, that allows us to have this success he's got his wharton guys <laughs> exactly. yeah, they're doing they're they're crunching the numbers aren't they yeah, exactly yeah. yeah hey at least the last wharton guy i knew that became a coach uh uh fran mccaffrey yeah. took a high yeah. major job so he get paid a little bit you know that's right uh, so white magic Philadelphia. That that was the deal, was it? So so as you guys put this together, I mean, what are we doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, how do you like? You know, there's got there's a certain level of frustration. How, how do you deal with it with you and your guys? So I'll try. I mean, the first thing is you know. You just you just want to support your guys as best you can, and that's 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 we do that every day. We've done that. I've done that for 15 years. Tim and Steve, you guys have done that for 30 plus years as coaches. You try to support your players as much and your staff as much as you can every single day. Now, to Steve's point, it's a lot harder when you're not with them every day and you're not connected and you're not in the gym with them and you can't take them to lunch. But you know, technology's been great. You know, to allow you know at least to try to stay connected in some way. And, you know, you try to answer their questions. The problem, uh, guys, is, is there's this thing, there's not a lot of answers to it. There's tons of questions, but there's not a lot of answers. And, you know, we're both at great institutions. We represent an incredible uh, conference. Um, but this has been hard. This is a, this is a hard time. Uh, you know, it's, 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 I'm so, uh, I'm stimulated. I'm entertained watching, you know, the rest of the country play. And I, I'm learning so much, you know, watching, you know, but I just, and, and, and I'm fired up for next year. I can't wait. Uh, and as a coach, I, I hope I'm coaching for a long time. But it's the players, you know, they're going through it. They're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. And all their peers are playing hoops. Yeah. And, you know, their identity is, yes, Ivy League student. Absolutely. But it's also a Division One basketball player. And that's what I think makes it hard. But, uh, you know, Tim, we take it one day at a time uh, and uh, try to, like I said, it comes back to how do we support these guys as best we possibly can. So, Steve, I, I don't know if you saw the news today, but the Knight Commission went to uh, met with Mark Emmert and the NCAA to say that um, FBS football should break away from the NCAA wow. and their own set, uh, their own separate business entity. Wow! And keep NCAA basketball, you know, under the umbrella. Right. Uh, what do you see in the future with name, image, likeness? Um, you know. Uh, how do you feel or what do you think the direction or what do coaches need to do or fans need to understand? Let's, let's talk to, you know, coaches like to watch this show because they like to hear them from coaches. Fans like to, you know, watch this show because they want to hear from their guys, you know? Yeah. So that's who you're talking to. Yeah. I, I, listen, uh, I think everything that's come down, whether it's no, no sit out transfer name, image, and likeness is all on the surface makes total sense and fair for the student athletes. The issue is we have a certain product right now that's good for everybody. It's good for coaches. It's good for fans. It's good for players. My fear is that we're messing with this model and it's just not going to look like this in 10 years. And we're going to look back and say like, wow, 
this has really changed. And, 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 and it could be, like you just mentioned, football breaking off. There's a chance that we're looking 10 years now that it's just five major conferences playing basketball. Let's hope not. Let's because hope of not. the money and the aim and the likeness. Separates the haves from the have-nots. And I know it already does. This will exasperate it even more. And as a fan, that, that disappoints me. In college basketball, college basketball is so much more interesting to me than college football in terms of this. Is it, you know, you get two, three good players at Brown or McNeese State or okay. Penn or, or wherever, Colorado State, and you can go beat anybody, you know? Yep. And, okay. and he, here's the one thing that concerns me. Uh, first of all, I believe in name, image, likeness. I would prefer instead of a player going out and cutting their own deal, why don't we do more for the families to be able to travel to come watch their games and, and, and make it more of a um, holistic of the, 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 the extended family of the kid and say, hey, here's what you get for your uh, cost of attendance. You know, you have your financial aid, but we're also going to do this for your family to come watch you play or travel with you. And they decide how they're going to do that. And, and really, um, allow that instead of going out and, and let, you know, I, like I imagine if I'm a football coach at Nebraska, which is where I still live in Lincoln and the malls open till nine o'clock, you know, and the guys are doing a, a um, autograph session till nine, but we're staying at the hotel. We're going to do dinner at seven and start a movie at eight. And then the wide receiver running back, star defensive end and quarterback show up at 945 like everybody's going to be like eh, that's not cool and so i don't like i don't like them being able, you know, I agree not being able to but i just don't like the idea i think there's other ways that we can figure out how to make it better for them the other thing is i so let's just look at colorado state for for this is my career colorado state and nebraska and i'm just going to take uh, three, six, or seven, seven all-league players were Division I transfers, every one of them redshirted, one only a semester, the other six a full year. So could we hurt our quality of play? Like, you know, you've got that year to adjust academically. You've got that year. And I know you guys don't deal with it, but you do deal with it. You see it. And you well, lose we've guys. Had transfers. I didn't, okay. We've had redshirts. Yeah. And you lose guys. And so um, also, but you look at this, and that year out, you acclimate academically, you kind of understand what your friend base looks like, uh, and you work on your game, honestly. Now you come in ready to roll as a, as a redshirt. And I just think it might hurt our – just tell me your thoughts on that, Mike. Uh, you know, what do you see on – I think it could hurt our quality of play as an overall product. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree 100%. And I, I, you know, you're so many, you know, you think about your, you talk about Colorado State and Nebraska, but there's so many programs that have had success with guys who have transferred and sat out. And like you said, there's so many things they're getting used to that first year and they've gone on and they've become really good players. And oh, by the way, they're older and they're more experienced and they've got uh, just more comfort in that system and on that campus and in that city. So uh you know what, everyone's, you know, in a rush right now, uh, I guess, to, you know, to, to have the access to play and it's going to happen and we've got to adapt and we've got to deal with it. Um, but uh, I don't think that red shirt year, that sit out year is such a bad no, thing. No, uh, it's not. For, for a kid. And, and oh, by the way, depending on where you're coming from and where you're transferring into, 
how many credits are transferring in right away? A lot of sure. them might need the, the extra sure. year academically. Well, the other, there's two things I used to tell guys because when, you know, I just, it just occurred to me when I was at North Dakota State, we went from Division Two to Division One, and we actually redshirted 17 out of 18 recruits. It was wow. kind of out of necessity because the first group we had, the only way they could play in the NCAA tournament was to redshirt, was to come in in their fifth year, and they made it to the NCAA tournament. Wow. So it was the first team since 1976 to make it in their first year of eligibility. But I said to them, too, let's say you play five years. Let's just say you got to play five years. What do you think your stats would be your yeah. fifth year compared to your first year? Like just let's Great just point, average man. six points a game as a freshman. Dude, you're going to average 18 as a, as a fifth-year guy. Fifth-year senior. Yeah. Like, great point. If you're greedy at all, <laughs> go get them. You know, go get them. Go get them. Uh, I think that's a great point. Well, let me tell you this, guys. Uh, uh, you know, who are we picking to win the NCAA championship this year? Mike, who you got? Uh, can, some teams haven't played yet. Can we wait? I nope. mean, nope. no, nope. can't wait. And you can't pick right an now, Ivy League so. team either. Can't pick your league. Well, Steve, well, yeah, I knew that. I don't think <laughs> I don't, I would agree with that. But uh, Steve's watched every game that's been, you know. Oh, okay. Played. We'll start with Steve. We'll buy some time for Mike. Uh, like, this is the year that anyone literally could win it. Now, Gonzaga, to me, has proven if they stay healthy because they're, they're, they're older, they're talented, they have a transfer, they have a super freshman. They're just – there's no weaknesses there. Now, could they be upset? Sure. But a team like Richmond, like they get yeah. anybody on a neutral court, they're really good. St. Louis is really good. There's so many teams – that I think, in particular, if you don't have to play on the road, and who knows what the NCAA tournament will look like. But if you ask me right now, Gonzaga is really, really good. Yeah. Mike, you got anybody yeah, in the go, East you like? Hard to go against Gonzaga. I'd love to do it. I mean, you know, yeah, since I'm an East Coast guy, I'm not from Philly, even though some people think I am. because Nobody ever accused you on this show of being from Philly. You know why? Don't even try. Don't even let them think yeah, you're from It's the best podcast. We wouldn't even – you're a Boston Mass guy, basically. I mean – New England. Yeah, exactly yeah, Oh, right. I'm sorry, New England. That's only seven states. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know what, Villanova, because – because Jay was so good to our good friend Johnny Gal the other night, and uh, <laughs> I think that's yeah, a big leap I like of faith. That Villanova by the way. Team. I like the Villanova team, and uh, nobody likes Baylor. That, that's this Saturday. I can't wait to watch that Gonzaga Baylor game. That'll be great. Baylor's really good. No Baylor's doubt. Baylor's really, really good. Yeah, I Baylor. Illinois uh, very good. Iowa's very good. Iowa's good. So many, and there's so many good teams. There's so many great cultures. There's so many great programs. But I'll tell you what. And John said it, I, the Villanova, what they've got, what Jay has going with his culture and with his program, I think it's, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. And, you're trying uh, to get a game, aren't you? You're trying to get, you're trying to get a game. I'll play anyone right now. I'll, I'll take <laughs> I'll, anyone who wants to play. We'll play them. All right. We get Villanova every year. You can play them if you want. All right. True or false. All right. Um, um, Palestra. Uh, best place. To coach and play, true or false, Mike? True. Steve? Yeah, it is true, Tim. And I, I, I think for the fan who hasn't been there, you got to get there. And I've coached at Cameron, Fog Allen. Uh, I've been to Hinkle. Um, those are the ones that come up. Uh, it fits 9,000. And I always say, the guy in the last row, 
I literally can make eye contact with them. Oh, yeah. And there's 9,000 people in this damn arena. It's, it's a place where the fans, the coaches, and the players all have an impact on the game because it's that intimate. It really is. My, my nephew, Bryce Roush, who did not play high school basketball or anything like that, but did work in Philadelphia for a number of years, had heard me talk about it and got into a game. And he's like, it was so good. It was so fun. No, no, what stinks is that visiting coach sometimes grabs Philly guys like Babs and sticks them behind his bench, and he jumps ship on the home team. That's I, one know, thing I, I don't I, like. I've seen some different people act supportive. You know, usually they're businessmen, Harry, Babs, that yeah, yeah. uh, appear to be supportive, and then <laughs> you get them a better ticket. They're, they're, they're just shedding colors right there. They are exactly. So, Tim, let me tell you one of my favorite Palestra stories. Well, first of all, so any recruiters listening to this, the Pizzatola Center is better place to play. <laughs> well, now, but, now. I mean, obviously. Yeah, we're just know, talking but, uh, over the course of time. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. History. But, so, not to uh, like the pits. But uh, my first time ever playing, being there was when I played, you know, and, and it was just uh, we played – Coach Dunf was at Penn, and they had great teams. And just going down there, you felt in love with the place as a player and, and as a coach. But uh, – the, the bet, my favorite story, I, I don't know if Steve, it was his first or second year back as the head coach at Penn. Um, my, my father texts me or calls me on the day of the game and said, uh, hey, we're driving down now. Coach Donahue got us a parking spot behind the palestra. <laughs> uh, so my dad uh, called Steve and asked him, you know, not that Steve has nothing else to worry about that day. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 but he took care of him. My dad parked right behind the uh, he got him the best spot. So, so yeah, then Fran, kicked our ass. Uh, Fran again. at Penn and at Temple, is there a better mustache in the business? Than Dove? Yeah. Oh, it was the best. I mean, it was the best. Full he grown, did. poofy. He had that for years. He, he pumped that for 15, yeah, he did 20, for a long 30 time. years. There's not a he nice man in the business either. He is one of the oh. nicest guys. Yeah, that Mike talked about him getting in the 22. Um, I, I, I didn't make a dying coach until I was 33. Um, and thank God that this place, the, the spot was volunteer or Dunf would have never hired me at 28 or whatever I was. Yeah. Um, and I owe unbelievable almost everything I've done to him and Franny O'Hanlon, two of my yeah. mentors for sure. Well, and, and talk about your mentors. What, what did, Steve, what do you think is the number one thing you took from those guys? Well, it, it's interesting because Franio is someone I admired as a player at Villanova, and he asked me to come be an assistant at a high school with him, and I was like, I couldn't believe he, was, he even knew my name and wanted me to come. And, and then just there's, there's a couple things that you just – he's all about just the purity of the game – and how to play it, and what it means to play the right way. Uh, he gave us. He gave my my mind, which I never even thought about before, Franio, because he played in Europe forever, and just had a great basketball mind on how the game should be played. I got the dump, and what dump wasn't necessarily an X and O guy, and he'll tell you that. But what amazed me about him is how he dealt with everybody around the program in such a way he knew everybody's name he does i tell this story all the time we have our first banquet there and we're not very good but there's 90 people at the banquet and he literally took the time and went around on the podium and thanked everyone by name wow 
And I was like blown away. But it's so genuine. And he told a little story as he went to each person. And like that just tells you like how deeply he cares about others and how he treated them. That's that's my takeaway from Dump for sure. I would say his his level of authenticity is through the roof. You know what I mean? It is. Mike, tell us like growing up in a coaching family, certainly dad's a mentor, uh, an idol. you know, other guys you played for as you've gone into business and worked for guys, you know, who's made this, these huge impacts on, on your coaching career? Yeah. I mean, so many, Tim, and, and, you know, guys like you two guys, I mean, honestly, you, you know, you guys have been, been great, but in, and, and there's so many others, you know, who well, that was a plane ride from Vegas to Kansas city. <laughs> we probably can't go into on the show. Mike, you probably didn't say a word the whole flight, right? You didn't get a no, chance to work it in. <laughs> miles on it, no way. But Porter uh, yeah. too. Porter held his own. But uh, you know, my father, you know, clearly, you know, uh, just from a young age, and then and then Coach Miller. I mean, he recruited me to Brown, uh, believed in me as a player, believed in me as a coach, and I learned so much. You know, so much of what we do is is from his philosophies of how to prepare for an opponent, how to practice, practice habits, uh, how to how to play on both sides of the ball, and he's just. Uh, He's had a huge, huge influence on me. And, you know, he got – he was let go, Tim, uh, in his, uh, halfway through his fourth season at Penn. And I was – gosh, I wasn't that old at the time, 25, 26. And here I am, like, you know, uh, my, my mentor and boss, you know, gets let go at Penn. And, um, you know, the emotions of that conversation and, uh, you know, I feeling like I let him down as an assistant. And then, and then Jerome Allen uh, became our interim head coach. And uh, he and I uh, – have a bond to this day from those two and a half years that we worked together. And uh, just what Jerome gave me was an opportunity to, you know, really coach. And uh, I learned so much from him and um, he, he just had an unbelievable way about him. And, and, and I was fortunate to uh, be influenced by both those guys, but uh, you know, so many others, but those, my father, coach Miller and Jerome would be absolutely two Good. big ones. Coach Donahue, as we wrap up, you get a chance to take one road game in the world. Where are you going to go take your team and play? Um, I think it's the, the, the obvious ones are, are really good. Like Duke and Kansas, th- those facilities and those. Those are fun I think all kids. Yeah, I mean, they just – kids think of those places. That's probably the two main spots I love for those kids. And we, lo- we try to do that, try to get them – to experience Madison Square Garden's really cool yeah. for kids, New York City, and so those are the three main ones I would say. Michael, you know I've never been to Fog Allen, so I, I would say that would be the one. I've coached at uh, Cameron, I've coached at Hinkle, I've coached at uh, Rupp Arena as an assistant, um, but Fog Allen uh, it, it would be one that I'd, I'd love to get to. Well, you won't forget it when you do. I've been down there and had my ass kicked, <laughs> so, uh, uh, but it's a uh, it, it, it's a it's a really cool place. And and guys, this has been a really cool podcast, and it's only going to add to the aura of what inside the mind of Miles is building and becoming in a worldwide basis. So thank you very much for being on. It was yep. fantastic, and this has just been you know great for me to chatted up with you guys. I, I feel awful that you guys don't get a chance and for your players to compete. If people understood that hard, like it used to break my heart to miss a practice in high school. Yeah. You know I mean? And, and so I just feel for you guys from my heart and I just appreciate you guys coming on today. 
Well, Tim, thanks a lot, and congratulations. This is not easy, seriously, doing a podcast. It may come easy to you because you can talk to that painting behind you, but it is like I listen. I walk my dog, and I listen to you, and I'm laughing, and and then picking up stuff about coaches, which we all love to do anyway. So thanks for having me on, in. Absolutely. Yeah, Tim, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on, and uh, can't wait to uh, hear your next one. Well, I can't. I can't wait till he stops doing this and he's coaching his team again, so we can uh, I, I, we can move on. And by the way, I've had two texts from Harry Rosenberg since we've been <laughs> doing this, and since he called. So, guys, uh, it, for the love of the Motley Crew and for the love of the Ivy League and college basketball, thanks for being on Inside the Mind of Miles. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Hey, everybody! Thanks for listening to. Uh, to our discussion with Steve Donahue out of Penn and, and Mike Morton out of Brown, two tremendous coaches, high-level guys, aren't they, Coach Eaton? What do you think about these guys, uh, my man? You know, you, you know, I'm a sucker for the Division Three guys, and these, these guys are like the Division Three of, of of us. So it's always fun to watch and listen to them talk about the different things that they got to deal with that we kind of take for granted sometimes. No doubt, no doubt. You know, uh, you've had a chance to be at Louisville. Arkansas, Colorado State, and Nebraska. So you've operated a real high level of basketball. Uh, and, and I've had every level of basketball known to man. And, you know, the Ivy, if, if folks just watch the Ivy League, I think they'll be really impressed with um, just the level of play, like just how well these guys play and execute. And there's no doubt in my mind uh, that just, you know, it has grown and developed over time. And it's still got its cool traditions. You know, they play Friday, Saturday, back-to-back, travel partners and, and the whole thing that way. And, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. You know, there's uh, – uh, the, the, and these two guys, Steve Donahue. How about Donahue? Okay. <laughs> the, the guy, uh, did you notice? Like, he's watching the game while we were doing the podcast. His eyes. <laughs> yeah, I know they're watching. Like, he can't turn off basketball. I was going to call him on it. I thought it would be way better to do now. Um, <laughs> Because uh, I didn't want to know what game he was watching. But, I mean, the man, like, uh, we text on a regular basis, and, and, and he is constantly watching basketball. And you had, like, Mike Martin. Because that, oh, yeah. oh, Boston Mass, dry, Huber, you know, like. You love that. But, you know, you, you messed up. You said there were eight states in, in New England. I mean, you got to – I mean, you got to It's the land it, right? mass of South Dakota, for crying <laughs> out loud. I mean, so – what if I get confused? Six, eight, 12, 10. How many it's are there? It's six. 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 All right. I'll remember that next time. I'm sorry. to. What, what hat are we wearing today to rep the Northeast? It's another Pawtucket one. They had their, uh, they had their closing Pawtucket. sale this weekend. So Every I got time the, Pawtucket. I got the, I got the, uh, the, the Mickey shirt. Oh, so. where's he at? I don't see Mickey. He's in the, he's in the background. Oh, I of. see. There he is. So. And you're a Disney freak, Lloyd of the Rings freak. Yep, I know. Bobblehead freak, minor league yep. baseball freak. Okay, <laughs> you're a freak of nature. So tell me this: in Disney, in every building, there's either a picture of Mickey, a statue of Mickey, right? Or, or what they usually do is make it hidden. So then you got to yeah. you got to pay attention. So they'll hide it somewhere. So like in the Milk House, where the NBA played, there's a little stuffed animal right up in the. In the uh, yep. rafters. Yes. I mean, I looked for that damn thing for an hour one day <laughs> when I was a D2 coach. That's, I was supposed to be scouting the game in front of me, and 
somebody <laughs> drops that knowledge on me and I, I'm out, you know, I'm like squirrel. Yeah. You know what I mean? That guy. So um, <laughs> Ivy League coaches in Division One. you tell me there's some out there. There, 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 there are. There are actually nine, nine current grads from Ivy League schools that are – Couldn't get another job, so they decided to be basketball coaches. It's like what Mike Martin said, you know, his, all of his classmates were doctors and lawyers and on Wall Street, and he can just coach basketball. Yeah. So, well, um, I hope they're paying for the vacations over in uh, <laughs> you know, whatever you call that stuff, either uh, the Hamptons up there. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, we, we got nine, so we're going to quiz your knowledge on the, on, on Ivy league coacher. I okay. know, I know you're just, I know you're just from, you know, a small town in South Dakota, you know, just, you finish right in the middle of your class. So seven out of 13, seven I got you on that deal, but whatever, one guy <laughs> dropped out. <laughs> so we're going to go through all nine of nine of them with you. So we'll, okay. we'll see how good you are here. So I know Mike one, Martin, Mike Martin at Brown. We're one for one right now. Okay. And you had somebody else on your podcast, so I really hope you can get Fran McCaffrey. Yeah, Penn. Wharton School of Business. Wharton, yeah. yep. Okay, so right now, next question is going to be, where is Mitch Henderson at? I know him. It's, Mitch, he's at um, Princeton, and he graduated from Princeton. Yep. Three for three. Okay, next one, we'll go Brian Earl. No clue. Who is that guy? Cornell. Cornell head coach right now. Did, did he take over for uh, Steve when he I went think to? He did when he went to BC. Yeah. So Ivy League um, guy in the Ivy, okay. Ivy League guy in the Ivy. Um, the next guy I have is Mike Brennan. Oh, I know Mike Brennan. He's at um, he's in the Patriot League. Yep. Um, I think there's a couple in the Patriot League. Um, well, Catholics are Division Three, right? Yes. They're not. But yeah. You're close. You're close. At, same city. And George Washington's in the in the A ten. I don't know where's he at. American. American took <laughs> over for uh, the guy who went to Old Dominion, didn't he? Yes. Jeff, who was yes. at Virginia. Yes. Okay, okay, missed. Is that my first miss? <clears throat> oh, you missed Brian Earl. So you got you, you've missed two right now. So um, overrated contest. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you an easy one. Um, Joe Scott. Joey Scott's at Air Force. <laughs> I know that. Okay. He was at Princeton. He was at uh, uh, Denver. Uh, he was at Air Force uh, uh, on bookends there. Yes. It's his whole career. And he's running the same thing the whole time. He's um, a tough Jersey Shore guy. Played for Pete Car Carroll. Carroll. Uh, next one we've got, he's been at this school for a while, is um, Andrew Toole. Oh, Andy Toole's at um, – uh, he's in Pittsburgh. He's at uh, Robert Morris. Good job. Nice. Got another Coming one. Coming back. Um, okay, next guy. Um, his team is now ranked. Wait, um, John Thompson. John Thompson was at Georgetown and yes. Princeton. So I get that right. Yep. Even though he's not coaching. Yep. Um, yeah, if we had gone back five years, I'll, get, I'll give you a, a bonus one too. Um, Sidney Johnson. Sydney was at Princeton, right? Yep. And then he took um, um, the stay, uh, Fairfield. He took Fairfield. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Doing good. Yep. Here we go. You got <clears throat> nationally Google. ranked team? National ranked team. In That's not Fran? Not Fran. Chris Mooney. Oh, he went to Princeton. Yep. 
because he was like a coach at Air Force too, and then uh, he's at Richmond. Yeah, Richmond. Yep. Last one we got is uh, now. Matt wait, Mon have we picked one that doesn't run Princeton in matchup zone yet, except Fran? Um, I, I think don't think just, Martin does either. Mike Martin. I, Martin doesn't, and I don't think uh, Andy Tool um, does it a ton either. So yeah, I bet he doesn't. Yeah, I don't think Deshaun Burke was running much Princeton. <laughs> I don't think he was. I breaking I, that I, off. Looking back on it, he was not running Princeton. No. He was just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, last one is Matt Langle. Oh shoot, <clears throat> Matt Langle, um, uh, Patriot guy. It's not Lehigh because I know uh, it's Brett at Lehigh. Um, Holy Cross. Nope, we got Colgate. I'm glad I know that Manny Patriots. Not that's no disrespect, but you want me to name the NDCAC, Mayville State, Valley City State, Dickinson State, uh, you know the whole University of Mary, Minot State. Like I mean, I could name some NAI schools for you, some D two schools, <laughs> but. But, you know, I'm new, you know, uh, to the Northeast on that. So that's – okay, so I missed three or four. You, you missed three. You got, you got seven out of ten. That's impressive. I like that. 70%. That's a passing grade. Get, get degrees, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will say one thing because you, you talked about it on there, and they talked about the best place to play in the Ivy. Um, I have been fortunate enough to watch a game at the Palestra and, and actually take a foul shot there, and it's really, really cool. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool and venue. You did not, let's just get this right. You didn't take a foul shot during a game. I did not play during a game, no. Hey, I, yeah, I, okay. I, ended, I ended at high school. <laughs> yep. So, so um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, cool places out there to play, and, and they talked about them. And, and um, you know, Moby Arena was fantastic when it was rocking, and so was Pinnacle Bank Arena and the Bison Sports. You know, every place you ever go, you, you love Louis Lee Field House and the RA facility. Uh, it's every place I've ever been a head coach. But um, um, when you um, when you're at some of these places, you know, um, you can just, you know, it's just like even, you know, the historic like when you go through the campuses, it's like one of my assistants always said, "Man, this is just like we're like in a movie," you know, because it's you know you've got like the the brick and, uh, you know, and the Ivy on the brick and just, mm -hmm. you know, like just some of these places, you know, you walk into, um, uh, Durham, you know, in Durham, North Carolina, and you walk into, uh, what's the place called Cameron indoor arena. And which is so different because car. So then you go eight miles away or whatever to North Carolina where they used to have Carmichael arena, which is a cool little place. And then they built the Dean dome, which is 22,000 massive structure of people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's more like, Syracuse and that stuff than than the little arenas. So it's just this wide variety. The only places I truly don't like are the are the dual hockey basketball arenas, just because of the way they're built and it's kind of this gradual lower. You know, there's this lower stuff, and then the domes aren't that great. You know, when you watch the Final Fours and stuff. But I mean, where else are you going to get ninety thousand people at a game? And you could probably sell two hundred thousand tickets if you wanted to. So. Yeah. You know, football's been uh, messing around, going over to Ireland and places. Maybe basketball will go play in Wembley or something like that, play an outdoor game in Wembley. Maybe that should be our next project. I like that. That's, huh? That's a good one. I like that. We'll play at Oxford University. You think they got any ballers over there? We'll meet at I'd, Wembley? I'd love to see their scouting reports, though. 
<laughs> detailed. Yeah. <laughs> detailed. Well, what do you think of current basketball, man? I mean, Kentucky getting run off the floor by Georgia Tech. Yikes. Big Blue yeah. Nation, not happy, not in a good place. Worst start since uh, 2000, 2001. I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to get worse, too. Because Calipari knew the other day when he did the, uh, did the bit about the fans barking at him about the scheduling, said he shouldn't be tested for COVID, it should be tested for drugs. He, he no dummy, man. This man knows what he's got. And, and I'm sure he'll get him turned around because he does. He figures it out. But yes. it's going to take a little bit of time. We lost the game of the century, 1-2, Baylor, Gonzaga. That's too bad. I know everybody was looking forward to that one. We had a couple other good ones over the weekend. Uh, you know, the Marquette, Wisconsin finish. Wow, how about that tip in? Big time play. We don't get the box out out of the big that that's a, you know, and that's the difference. Games like that and your lower level teams losing to lower teams in your league, that's what hurts you when it comes to getting eight or nine teams in the NCAA tournament rather than five or six. You know, it's just little losses here and there that pile up. And I'm not, you know, saying exactly this situation. I'm just using an illustration. Um uh, of how that we, you know, like you're always as a conference coach, pull like in that game, you're che- as a Big Ten coach, you were cheering for Wisconsin. You know, I used to get more texts in the Big Ten ACC challenge when we'd win. And we were had really good success in the Big Ten ACC, but we'd win, like mm-hmm. beat Clemson on the road or whatever. And man, it's Izzo, Payne, or all the guys paying attention, you know, lighting you up like good win, good win, because they know what it means for the conference. We, we did have, we went five and two. We had, we had some really good success. Yeah. In, in the, in we, we lost, let's see, we lost in overtime, I think, at Clemson and at home to Miami, the, a team that at least won one game, maybe even two in the NCAA tournament. Yes. They were always good games. Yes, they were. Yeah. Really, really hard-fought competitive games. Both and speaking of, of that, games. don't we have that coming up soon? Yep. Yep, this week. This week is the, uh, is the annual showcase. So, um, you know, we got a couple big games this week. Um, you know, I know before we get into those real quick, just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Bellerman. you know, their transition D1. They won their first D1 game last over the weekend. They beat Howard. Cheers. So, but by the way, there. talking to shout outs, Griff, the stat man who came up with the coaches of division one, uh, Ivy league division one coaches. So if we missed anybody, it's on Griff, the stat man. And, uh, uh, because we just believe in him unconditionally. We don't even fact check him or anything. No, nope. he's great. It's it's just like uh you know pardon the interruption you just got to trust the guy <laughs> yeah yeah he could fact check us a lot and we'd be in trouble. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, big matchups this week. You know, I'll I'll go over a couple of them and we'll we'll see who you got and, what, and who you like. So first one, Creighton at Kansas. Ooh, that's a good game. So yeah, I think if Kansas had their crowd, I just don't think Kansas. I'm picking Creighton because I just think their perimeter is is good or better than Kansas's, and Kansas can't. Where I think the interior play of Creighton, you know, is just okay. On a, I mean, we're talking a high national level. We're not talking about just any schmo playing basketball. We're talking about top 25 teams, and I think relevant to that, they're just okay inside. But I don't know that Kansas can really make them pay, and without that home court advantage of the crowd and everything goes with. The whole deal, man. It's like there's ghosts up there getting you. The only chance Kansas has got is if the ghosts hop in there and 
<laughs> tap out Mitch Ballard's Mitch Ballard's uh, three point shots. The only chance that's a coming home game for for Mitch. He's he's from that area. Sure, he's from right outside of yeah. Yep. Um, Big Ten ACC challenge. You got a uh, Carolina at Iowa. Wow, how about Iowa's schedule? They had Gonzaga canceled earlier, didn't they, or not? Or are they still playing Gonzaga? Maybe that's coming up. I think that's coming up soon. Yeah, they got so a good schedule. They're not jacking around with a schedule, Fran. Um, nope. Boy, Carolina's pretty good. Where's that game at? It doesn't matter where it's at. No, they're it's, all it's neutrals, at, really. It's at Iowa. Um, I'm taking. I'm gonna take. I'm picking. A, uh, Fran's not gonna be happy. Oh, I'm sticking with the podcast. I'm taking Fran. Taking Iowa. <laughs> Got to stay loyal to the brand. I, I mean, I, I don't know. That wasn't great luck for uh, Ben Jacobson and Craig Smith. So hey, far. hey. I'm kidding. Kidding. Yeah, somebody um, else lost last week too. After they were on my podcast, <laughs> I forget who it was. That's um, why I took the Ivy League guys. I know I was safe for the season. <laughs> they got nothing to lose. They joined me in the undefeated ranks of coaching. <laughs> uh, we got two more from the uh, the challenge. We got Illinois at Duke and Michigan State at Virginia. I'm taking Michigan State. I think Duke just got beat at home. Who beat them at home? Oh, Michigan was, State. Yes. They, yeah, that was just – in the champions classic. Yeah. So I don't think they can lose to two big 10 teams in a row. Sorry. I'm sorry. I've just changed my mind. Illinois wins total Homer. Brad Underwood did the cast. You can't pick a cast against it. You know? Yeah. We had a bad week a couple weeks ago with, with Northern Iowa and Utah state. And then Smitty gets COVID Craig Smith gets COVID. I'm sticking with the Big Ten on this. How about this? What if, you know, because there's all different kinds of protocols per league. What if you were due to host a game? Oh, no, just play in a game. But you had to forfeit it if you had to go, you know, if you lost some guys to COVID. So let's say Gonzaga would have to forfeit to Baylor, okay? Let's just say this. Do you think teams and players would take – the restrictions more seriously do you think everybody would test more accurately or more often if you said i mean i'm just saying it's a weird time yeah i, 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 I it's a pandemic you can't do it it's just a a friend of mine texted me that and i thought it was kind of interesting and uh, that was um uh, a friend and um uh so i thought you know i wonder like that would be first of all it's wrong to do we all know that but, you know, you want to get people in line, you know, I think you got to do it. You know, I mean, I, 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 but nobody's going to do it and they shouldn't do it. This is why yeah, discussions I, like this is why we have probably, I'm pretty sure the best podcast in the history <laughs> of mankind. Yes. I, I would definitely say that. I, I, I think that's a very interesting point that they, all it takes is that one person. I mean, look, you look at the, the Ravens and they had 23 guys out. God, yeah. I mean, they're like, Oh yeah, we had four different strains of COVID. I mean, Kansas state had like 19 players out every game in football this year. I I don't, I don't know how, how else you can do that other than just blocking everybody in hotels. And I mean, that's kind of what the NBA did. I mean, yeah, but that's hard on your mental capacity too. Let's just hope the, 
vaccine works and we can get it. And, and by the time we get through the spring, that this thing is under control. Yeah, I, I think that'd be, that'd be great for everybody. Everybody's tired of their basements. Yes, coach. <laughs> well, I tell you what we're not tired of is college basketball. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. We're going to have, I know you want to talk about name, image, likeness. That's going to be a whole new discussion. <laughs> uh, um, but um, I appreciate having you on this week, coach. And um, I hope everybody's enjoying the podcast. These Ivy League guys were great. Um, uh, you know, I've got some uh, guest options this week. Still looking at it uh, for next week. And um, as we get closer to Christmas, yeah, I really like what a lot of the leagues are doing, playing on Christmas Day. Like, you can't go home anyway. Let's just play. And I, I think that's really cool. What a, I think some of the best family Christmases can be sitting around watching uh, mom and dad watching their child uh, on TV, at least. If they can't be there, let's watch them hoop. You know, they love mm -hmm. that. So uh, a couple big weeks coming up here as we get into Christmas and, and looking forward to, uh, to having some different guys on to talk about their experiences during this historically crazy season. It'll be, it'll be good. It'll be good. All right, Coach, until next week, inside the mind of Miles – Subscribe on whatever. I mean, it's on everything, dude. I mean, like, like, I don't care if in your Liberia you can find a spot to listen to this podcast or watch it on YouTube, even from the field of 68. Give us a rating. We accept five-star ratings only. And make sure and review the fact that it's got to be a positive review or we just delete it. Can we do that? Can we delete We, we actually did that. You can only hit okay. five <laughs> Later. See you next week, folks. See you, Greg. Take care.